I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Alrighty then, it is another live edition of Titillating Sports coming to you from Sports Byline USA Home Studios, downtown San Francisco, California. You take the five to the 405, California's on fire. It's on fire, dude. More ways than one. Can you breathe? Can you hear me now? Verizon, can you hear me now? T-Mobile. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's what I'm trying to say. 1-800-878-7529. Get you in and get you heard if you'd like to talk sports. My name is Rick Tittle. Probably should tell you that. The show Titillating Sports, which I named after myself. It was going to be the Captain Cool show, but that was a little too on the nose. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. That's me, you're you, and let's talk football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, quidditch, volleyball, chess, checkers, rugby, cricket, all that type of good stuff. And as I said, we'll pay for the call. You'll pay for my cell plan? No, but it's toll-free. 1-800-878-PLAY. Can you use a payphone? Do they have payphones anymore? I don't even know if they have payphones. We'll check it out. Also around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, whatever branch you are with or whatever branch you're with, talk about sport. We can do that as well. Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard, Delta Force, Space Force, all that good stuff. The Guardians of Cleveland and the Guardians of Space Force. Did you know that that's what uh, Space Force is? You know, you have soldiers in the Army, you have Marines in the Marines, you have sailors in the Navy, you have airmen. In the Air Force, you have Guardians in Space Force. So maybe you're, if you're an E-1, are you a Guardian and then a Buck Guardian first? <laughs> a Guardian first class with a rocker? I don't know. But if you're in the military, I'm on your side. Also on the internet, sportsbyline.com. Streaming along. Emails rick at sportsbyline.com. And uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Rick Tittle as well. When we come back from the break, we're going to be joined by MMA star Liz Carmouche. So come on back, y'all. Mm -hmm. 
Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price, plus limited damage protection, with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com, and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee.htm. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Come on. You watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get access. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, with plans starting at just $35 a month and no contract. Plus, get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show MMA star Liz Carmouche. She has teamed up with our friends over at uh, USAA and ESPN, and uh, there's going to be an inside look into her home base down there in San Diego today 
on YouTube's uh, on ESPN's YouTube uh, channel. Liz, welcome to the show. Um, what kind of access are we going to be getting here? It's it's a full access into my home. I'm nervous because it's the first time that I've done this, but also really excited to share with everybody some insight into my life here. Are we going through your dresser drawers? I mean, how invasive is this going to be? Going through my trash cans, going through my drawers, <laughs> going through everything. No, <laughs> no it's uh, you know taking everybody through my home, uh, looking around, getting into the to the backyard. I have I'm on an acre lot, and showing some people what we have going on here and the lifestyle that we've started and adapted to in the last nine months. Well training down there at the the academy how much of that can you do on your own property now uh now a lot of it i mean if there's one thing that i've learned during COVID is you have to adapt to the possibility that you may have no access to gyms and training partners and to need to do all that on your own so i've made use of the space that we have so i can do all my own training here whether it be full mma training just strength and conditioning cardio you name it everything can get done here now so when I think about um, your last bout, which was in uh, June, it was only 35 seconds long. So uh, that was against Watanabe. How much of that, you know, is that just ancient history? Do you still kind of like look at the, the tape? Is, is, are there still always things to learn even when a fight is that quick? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. If there's anything I've learned, whether it be a full 25-minute fight, 10-second, 30-second fight, there's absolutely always something. I mean, unless I could have walked out there through one punch and been done, that's the only way I wouldn't learn something from that. But, I mean, there was enough footage for me to see the mistakes I made with having hands down, with improper stance. There's always something to take back home to the drawing board and to adapt and grow and make sure that I'm even better suited for the next fight. You know, I remember when uh, Ronda Rousey lost to Holly Holm, she lost what she thought was a lot of her identity and, and went into depression, and she got pulled out, thankfully. But is that hard sometimes when you think of yourself as kind of like just such a, a, a badass and, and maybe you lose and then you question everything? How much is the mental aspect of it? Because we're really, uh, lately with Simone Biles and some NBA players, we're really starting to take a closer look at, at what the mental aspect is and how it affects athletes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the mental is the least recognized and the most important aspect of the fight. Uh, whether it comes to training and being able to put in more work, whether it comes to performing in the fight, I know that there's no lack of training that physically that I do that doesn't help me prepare for every single fight. But the biggest thing that changed this last fight as compared to other ones is that my mental game, the preparation, everything that I had going into it was different than other fights, which is why I was able to go out there and put on the performance I did. And for so I really think that the mental is something that gets glossed over. But you can see a fighter who has absolutely no skill, no training whatsoever, but they go out there and they think they're the best in the world and they defeat somebody that for all intents and purposes they never should have been able to do just because mentally they think they're great and the other person had a little bit of doubt in their mind. And I'm sure that will and that never quit attitude is something you learned in, in the core as well. How much of that being a Marine, does that still carry with you when you're in the ring? 
it carries over substantially. One of the things that I really had instilled in me when I was in the Marine Corps was discipline. And so, I mean, I still get up at 6 a.m. and I do my cardio and I have a routine and I have a schedule. And I feel like because I did have that from the Marine Corps, I'm able to to have that self-discipline and work hard every day and push myself. And the other thing, too, is I, I've seen a lot of fighters that have gained weight. Their performances have gone down because of COVID because they don't have access to their gyms because they aren't instilled that self-discipline and they don't know how to overcome adversity. And because of the Marine Corps, I mean, the mantra is adapt and overcome no matter what the situation is. And that's something I've certainly been able to do with every fight and with every situation that's come up. And uh, I think that that's really helped me out substantially above everyone else. There are a lot of good mantras. No man left behind. Once a Marine, always a Marine. They're they're good catchphrases, but that's real <laughs> stuff, isn't it? It is. It really is. A couple more questions for Liz Carmouche. Uh, today, ESPN's YouTube page, you can get uh, some uh, access into her uh, home base there. Um, coming from a military family, as you did, uh, as I did as well, but for you, when you went to boot, were you completely as ready as you could be, or was it a rude awakening and you kind of thought, I don't know if I'm going to last here? Uh, I would say that I was in no way ready for what I was going to be going through in boot camp, uh, but I wasn't shocked. I'd spoken to enough people in, in every branch to have an idea of what I was getting into, uh, but as far as uh, there's just still things that they just can't quite explain, things you can't quite prepare for, even though you think you're ready. I wasn't in the shape that I wanted to be. I was the, the slowest runner out of every single person that was there, so that was room for growth. Um, being indoctrinated with the terminology and the jargon was something that I thought I was ready for that I wasn't. The, the history that you were going to have to learn in such a, a quick pace. So in a lot of ways, absolutely prepared, but in other ways, there's no amount of preparing that can possibly set you up for boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> do you, when people ask you your rank, do you give your Marine rank or do you give your black belt rank? <laughs> My Marine rank, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about, you know, you are on the American Forces Radio Network here, and uh, you did three tours. And um, uh, when, I th- when you think about your time uh, over there in uh, Afghanistan and in Iraq and, you know, we can get into the politics of the Taliban taking over and all that in another day, but just the time that you spent there, what were some of the the lessons that you learned representing the United States over there? Uh, I think one of the lessons I learned is that wherever you go, whatever you're a part of, you're a representative of where you're coming from. So even if that means you're traveling somewhere for work, you're a representative of the company that you're working for. When I go out and I go to different training places and I work in other gyms, I'm a representative of my home gym and the team that I fight for, as well as the organization that I fight for. So I think one of the biggest things I took from there is always be a representative and always pretend as though your boss is over your shoulder looking and you want to make sure that you're impressing them at all times. I remember before Super Bowl 50, I hosted uh, a radio show at the Wounded Warriors game out here in San Francisco, and I sat down with a lot of uh, servicemen and women and uh, a few Marines who had lost all their limbs through IUDs. They had, One guy basically had his whole face burned off. And, and, you know, sometimes we think we're brave, and we like to use that word brave because maybe we dealt with 100 emails that day. But when you see people who truly are brave, uh, what what sort of inspiration did that give you? Um, 
you know, I have a lot of service members that say that they look up to me as their inspiration. They look up to me for as kind of like a mentor of what they can do. And when I see people that truly, and the way you're describing, that truly do overcome adversity, that's my inspiration to make sure that I'm a representative for them Mm -hmm. and that I can't quit in those moments where I think that, okay, well, now it's a little bit difficult. I could just take the easy route. I can't do that because they're looking to me, and if I just ease off that gas just a little bit, I'm doing a disservice to them, and I, I constantly have to keep that in my mind and realize that I'm a representative for all the service members, and they're looking to me. One last question for you. You're a young woman. You're under 40, but in your sport, you know, you're a grizzled vet, the girl Rilla. Do you sometimes feel like a grizzled vet, or do, some, do you still feel like a kid? You know, I think I absolutely see myself as a kid. I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to stay in the sport for so long is because I forget the age number that I'm actually at and just kind of think about how much more I have to learn and how this sport, there's so much possibilities and you can continue to grow. And I think that's kept me young. And uh, it's really moments where I'll have a training partner. I'm like, how do you not know that? Like we were taught that. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was seven years ago. I guess you weren't here and you don't know. It's really only in those <laughs> moments when I see something that looks familiar that I realize I've been in the sport a lot longer than the people. That's Liz Carmouche, USAA. I'm a member and through them and ESPN, check it out today on ESPN's YouTube page, Liz Carmouche's home base, and you get uh, an all access inside look. Liz, thanks for coming on the show and uh, let's catch up down the road. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-251-7460. That's 800-251-7460. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-4086. 800-918-4086. 
That's 800-918-4086. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. It doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning. Uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Speaking about around the world, let's go out to Sveria because we have a Swedish, Swedish mathematician and author David Sumter with us right now. He has a brand new book that is available starting today from Flatiron Books called the 10 equations that rule the world and how you can use them too. David, welcome to the show because we always think, at least I do, of math as being something that doesn't uh, really partake into our, our daily lives. You know, it's only if we're going to be making some sort of, you know, monetary transaction or measuring something at a building site. And yet you're saying, no, 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 we can take math and, and put it in our daily lives, right? Yeah, thanks a lot, and a very, very good pronunciation of Sverige to start with. Um, <laughs> I'm actually English originally, so uh, but I but I live here in Sweden. But you're right, and I, I, that's a lot of what I'm trying to do with this book. I'm trying to say, like, let's take everyday situations. Everyday situations, for example, when someone says something nasty about behind your back, how do you find out if that person is an idiot or not? Should you forgive them, or should you really uh, decide not to forgive them? Everyday situations like um, how long should you watch a Netflix series uh, for before you decide to give up on it or um, or kind of more life decisions, too. Um, Should you quit your job and do something else? Are you really in the relationship you want to be in? All of those kind of things, the problems that come up for us all of the all of the time. How can we use math to solve them? That's pretty good. By the way, where are you originally from, from Blighty? 
Um, so, well, I'm, I, I was born in London, but I grew up in Scotland, so I've, I've kind of moved around everywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, well done. Um, now, this is the thing. When you say, how long should we watch a show on Netflix before we give up? So you're saying these things that we think are intuitive or a hunch or a mood can actually be done on a calculator? Uh, exactly. I think there's two parts to it. Often, often we, we use this maths ourselves anyway. Um, but with the Netflix example, what I say is this, that what you need to do is you need to have a running. So it, they're always brilliant. You know, when you put on the first episode and you start watching it, it's always like really exciting and you really think you're going to get into this, but then it kind of trails off. And so what I think you should do is for each episode, you, you kind of keep a running number of, let's say, out of 10. And so if the first episode is nine, you start with a number nine. Then if the second episode is a seven, for example, then you take nine plus seven, divide it by two, and you've got eight. And eight is now your running total for the series. So Mm. you only have to have one number, and you can track how good that series is. And I say if you keep doing that and it drops below a seven, then you just give up because there's so much good stuff you can watch. <laughs> so if these things drop below a seven, you try something else. And this is something you can do for all kinds of activities. You know, you can um, do it if you're playing a computer game too much. Are you really getting what you want from that game? If you're on social media a lot, are you really getting what you want from social media? Keep a score when you do these activities update it and slowly and this is where the math comes in it's proved that this will actually converge it will arrive at the best answer um for for what the true um the the true uh, benefit you get from from that uh, particular activity so in your personal life can you ever turn this type of introspection uh, off like if you're at a pub having a beer are your friends like are you keeping <laughs> score right now david <laughs> I get more and more questions about that uh, since I wrote the book, to be honest. People are wondering <laughs> wondering if I'm evaluating them in various different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that the thing is that maths is that objective language that we can use to make certain decisions. And I, I argue in the book really about how you can break down the world between those objective things and the subjective things that, that happen in your life. Another example I give, for example, is... Um, somebody said something not very nice about you behind your back and you've just met this person for a, for a, the first time, do you conclude that this person is an idiot? Well, the answer actually, I'll tell you the answer first. The answer is you should actually forgive this person. And mm-hmm. the reasoning is, is as follows. So if, if, for example, I don't know how many people you think are idiots, how, what proportion of the population, but let's say you think that 5% of people in the population are, are really idiots, then 95% of them are nice. And even nice people make mistakes. So if nice people make mistakes about 10% of the time, it turns out that when you go through the maths and you just go through a a few steps, that um, it's more likely that when somebody has said something not very nice, that they're just a nice person who's made a mistake. And the maths supports that. Um, And I think maths maths, we kind of think of it as a kind of hard, rigorous subject. But you can use it combined with your subjective feeling about the world in order just to come to nice realizations about, well, you should be a more forgiving person. No, that's fascinating. The other thing I thought was pretty funny is when you talked about the influencer 
equation, the way social media is taking over the world. And, and, you know, even me as a guy in my 50s, I think I'm above it, but I'm really not. But the thing I like the most is you said social media always makes us feel unpopular. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and it's, people don't realize this, but it's a sort of mathematical fact that you're less popular than your friends are. <laughs> and the reason is that if you, if you just take a random person and then you, you take um, the per, one random person that they follow. So if I take, uh, I take a random person from the population, maybe pick you, maybe pick me, lots of other people, but then I take someone they follow, the chances are that that person they follow has more followers than the person you've chosen in the first instance. Mm-hmm. And that's because for people who are more popular, they have more followers, and you end up, uh, end up picking them. And that means that when you look around at your social network, you end up seeing people who are more popular than you are. And it's a mathematical fact, and we feel bad about ourselves, but it's kind of unavoidable. So don't feel bad if you're not as popular as you think, think you are. <laughs> people are having a lot of good time, but it's, everything is sort of biased. And, and it's, it's kind of like a filter, that um, infects our lives. And what maths allows you to do is to reverse engineer the filter, work out what that filter is, refocus on the things that are important to you and remove those kind of biases. So, so I, I, in the book, I talk about how the influencer equation works and, and Google, Instagram, they've all made loads of money using this influencer equation. <laughs> but if you can reverse engineer it and see the things that they're showing you more clearly, then you can actually be a happier person, I think. Just have about a minute left. One last question, and that is, as you're going through the, the math or the maths, as you say, and, and of course it can get a bit mundane and, and prosaic, what was maybe one or two moments you had when you were like, wow, I, I don't know if I'm a genius, but I think I just came up with something, a uh, pretty good golden nugget right there. That's uh, a really nice question. I think it's not quite the genius thing, but one thing to do with the Netflix series is my, my um, wife plays a lot of Pokemon Go. And what I realized about how she plays it, she's actually got chronic pain and she uses Pokemon Go in order to control the chronic pain and not have to think about it. And I could actually use what I call the reward equation to better understand how she can use a computer game to, to feel better about problems and so on. So it wasn't like a wow moment like that, but it was a kind of personal realization about a problem that my wife and I have both faced together and particularly for her and how maths can have some sort of insight into that. And then she says there's a Charizard on the settee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) she's... She is. She is totally. She. I think she's coming up to level fifty now. She is totally addicted to this game, <laughs> but it really gives her something back. And I. And, and I think, you know, we were talking about social media earlier, and we tend to think about it's all the same thing than when, when we're sitting looking at our phone. But if you find the right app that kind of gives you something back instead of sort of taking all your energy all the time, you can actually be a better and a more happier person. Great stuff. David Sumter is our guest, English, Scottish, Swedish, and uh, joining us from Uppsala. (laughs) The 10 Equations That Rule the World and How You Can Use Them Too. That's the name of the new book. It is available brand new today, hardback from Flatiron Books. Uh, David, real pleasure having you on and uh, looking forward to uh, diving into this uh, book of yours. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be on. All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will get out on the bay with a little salesporttalk.com, as we do on a Tuesday, right here on Sports Byline. 
is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk, commemorating the life of Maestro Michael Morgan, who died at the age of 63 on August 20, 2021. Sports fans will remember him conducting the Oakland Symphony at the final Warriors game in Oakland before they moved to San Francisco, and for the Ice Capades. He conducted the Oakland Symphony for 30 years and was a guest conductor with top orchestras of St. Louis, Chicago, Los Angeles, Baltimore, New York, and San Francisco. I would like to share a conversation I had with Michael in 2020 during the pandemic. How would you place yourself on the scale of self-criticism versus confidence? Yeah, I don't know any musician of, of, of any merit who isn't constantly trying to improve. Uh, most of us are, if we listen to, to things we've done or listen to previous performances, with always with an ear towards what could be done better the next time and uh, generally not being completely satisfied with, with anything. And so that's extremely common. Anything else would be very much the exception uh, in, in that case if someone actually thought that they were had done all they needed to do to a given piece of music. I, I can't even imagine it. Your role is often involves education and working with the youth? Well, when I came here 30 years ago, there was not a lot of music in the Oakland Public Schools, but I knew that if we wanted to have a pipeline into our youth orchestra, if we wanted to have a future audience, if we just wanted to play a more important role in the life of the city, we needed to be involved with the next generations. And, and also, I started myself in public schools in Washington, D.C., and so I, I knew that, that in order for anyone to, to really have a chance to get into this field, it has to be available to them at a very early age. So I started going around schools on my own, and then we basically lobbied for the return of more music to the to the Oakland Public Schools. Oakland Public Schools are doing quite well right now in, in terms of being, having maintained their music programs. This year, everything's up in the air because you can't gather. And so how can you have your ensembles, and uh, whether it's performing arts or visual arts or, you know, whether it's music or play or whatever it is, keep an eye out and make sure that in a year like this, it's not, uh, you don't go with a completely lost year. I mean, some people might think, well, what difference does it make if you lose a year, you get back on track next year? Well, the kids don't have this option. They are growing up now. They don't have a year to put on pause until the uh, adult world gets its act together. So you have to keep advocating for them now because this is now is the time that they need it they don't need it years from now or when it's convenient for everyone else they're growing up at the moment Thank you for that, Christopher Cross. Remember him? Had the other big hit. Arthur, he does as he please. Dudley Moore, Sir Lawrence Olivier. All right. When we hear that music on a Tuesday, 940, that's time to get out on San Francisco Bay and all the seven seas. I think there's more than seven. But around the world, wherever there's water and watercraft, we have salesporttalk.com. And joining us, as always, co-hosting this segment with me, from salesporttalk.com is Karen Lyle. Karen up uh, in the Pacific Northwest right now. How you doing, Karen? Great. Did I hear correctly that you were up in Seattle just recently? Uh, I was in Boise. 
Ah, no, that's not the same. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I was I I was pleasantly surprised at what a fun, new, clean, awesome, diverse place Boise, Idaho, actually is. Yeah, actually, I was just there uh, a couple months ago, and I had something called um, caramelized bacon that was just amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought, wow. It was really cool. Nothing wrong with that. All right, let's bring in our guests right now, and uh, that is Captain Catherine Pogue here to talk about the Lady Washington, which we uh, talked about a couple years ago on the show, and uh, Tall Ship, and we talked about her cannon battle with the Hawaiian chief then off uh, Pier 39. Uh, Captain Pogue, welcome back to the show. How many souls were lost in Davy Jones' locker during that cannon battle? <laughs> Well, uh, not too many, actually. We don't fire projectiles out of the <laughs> cannons. The uh, Coast Guard kind of frowns on that. <laughs> Catherine, it's really great to, to talk to you. And you are a brand-new captain. So you've come up to the ranks. You came in as a captain's training, and now you have, you're have at the helm. How is that yeah. experience for you? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I uh, applied for the chief mate position for this season and um, said I was interested in doing more relief captain work. And it just so happened that our captain that was on when I got here uh, had to go take a class at this time. So I'm filling in for her. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) The Lady Washington, when I think about, uh, you know, the original sloop of war and all the the great, uh, you know, the original and and the revolutionary war this is about i think about as cool as it gets when you talk about the tall ships and and just could you just break it down for me how many sails do you actually have when you go full sail uh well it varies we have 12 sails that we can set and we uh mostly don't do that we do it for photo shoots and stuff like that um but when we have the public on board we actually have a uh, required uh minimum number of sails that is not not quite as many as as we can set, um, but the Coast Guard likes us to keep a certain number. So we usually set around six or seven when we have the public on board. Um, Captain Catherine, tell me about when you are sailing up here in Washington. I happen to be in Seattle at the moment. And mm-hmm. coming on my way over to Aberdeen, where are you sailing out of during right now during the pandemic? Uh, so right now we're actually traveling all over the Sound. Um, we've been pretty much in the Sound since May, and we've been to Everett. We've been to the Wooden Boat Center in Seattle. We've been um, right now we're in Bellingham, and we're about to go to Friday Harbor. So we're we're all over the place. Uh, we'll also be in Olympia and Port Townsend for the remainder of this season. Um, so we travel all over the Sound. Uh, last year, when the pandemic really hit, we were in Port Orchard for a few months, and they were really, really kind to us. They let us stay there for three months and only charged us for electricity. <laughs> it's such a ma- uh, majestic-looking ship, and Hollywood, of course, has taken notice. Pirates of the Caribbean, the Blackbeard mm-hmm. series, Star Trek. What's it like when uh, you know the likes of Spielberg take over the old boat? It's really fun. It's so interesting to see the filming process from the side of, of when it's being filmed rather than watching a movie. Um, it's definitely a lot slower than it appears uh, on camera. It's, it takes a lot a lot of time and effort for, for just a few short minutes of film to come out. But it's, it's really fascinating, really interesting. And it's fun to just sail the boat and see people in historical costume and kind of pretend that you're back in time. What... 
has been your experience sailing and what got you involved? Um, I started sailing uh, on tall ships like this in San Diego when I was 16 in high school and uh, kept doing it through high school and college as a summer job and fell in love with it. Didn't really want to work at a desk like college was telling me I should do. So I just kept on working on boats, discovered uh, the liveaboard tall ship industry and have been doing it ever since. I was on the Lady Washington as chief mate five years ago. I've been on ships all over the country, mostly in the Great Lakes and the West Coast. And yeah, I, I really love it. So I'm back here on the Lady for this season and through the winter. <laughs> couple more questions for our, uh, Captain Catherine Pogue. Rick Tittle and Karen Lyle with you here on SailSportTalk.com. Um, I know this ship in, in its current uh, incarnation was built in the 80s. So do you cheat and have a little inboard motor just in case, or, <laughs> or is it all sails all the time? Uh, we do have an auxiliary engine. We have a 312-horsepower engine that uh, helps us get from port to port. Uh, we are a... 18th century ship with 21st century scheduling, so we do have to try to make it to ports on time. Um, and unfortunately, the wind is hardly ever in your favor for those. <laughs> so we do use the engine to travel from port to port, but we definitely try to sail as much as we possibly can. And on our two-hour day sails with the public, we only use the engine to get on and off the dock. Otherwise, we're sailing the whole time. I might mention that when the Lady Washington was, was last here in San Francisco, um, in 2000, I think it was April of 2019, mm-hmm. she had a cannon battle with the Hawaiian chieftain, which at that time belonged to Grace Harbor Historical Seaport as well. And I understand that you've recently sold the Hawaiian chieftain, and it's going to Hawaii. Yeah, so um, unfortunately the Hawaiian chieftain on her last holdout uh, had a lot of uh, just steel degrades over time, and she was at a point where we weren't able to afford um, the repairs that she needed to keep her sailing. So we've found a, a family that has the money to finish those repairs. She's actually in Port Townsend now getting those repairs done, and they plan on taking her to Hawaii, her, her home, and sailing her out of there, which is a pretty cool life for her. Can you tell us a little bit about a, a two-masted ship as, as a brigantine with one shorter than the other? Because when I hear brig, I think of the jail on the ship. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, there are different words for different styles of rigging on ships. So we are termed a brig, which means we have two masts and um, a main mast and a fore mast, and the main mast is taller than the fore. Um, And doesn't really, I don't think it relates to the jail in any way, but yeah, that's just what it's been called. And a brigantine is actually a slightly different rig. Uh, with only fore and aft sails on the main mast, whereas a brig has square sails on both masts. So it's just weird little slight variances <laughs> that we decide need different names. <laughs> well, I have sailed aboard the Lady Washington several times with several captains, and um, one of the things for, for those who are our listeners is that, that, a, that a tall ship has different types of lines, and, and lines being the ropes that, that are the working ropes on the, on the boat. And you don't use gloves on the lines that you, you have, like a, somebody on a yacht would use, because those lines are different, and, and sometimes the, the gloves can catch your hands, so you have to use just your bare hands on the, on the lines. Um, what, how do you feel about rope and lines and knots and all the 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 fun things that there are to do with them 
it's it's part of just what makes this industry as a whole more exciting and industry interesting. It's like a whole new um, science behind it. We're we're an entire vessel made up of simple machines. So lots of pulleys, lots of levers, lots of things like that. So having all the lines and the rigging, it, it looks really complex and people always step on board and go, oh my God, how can you keep them all apart? How can you tell the difference between what they do? But I mean, even regular sail- sailors, you have a few a few lines that you want to know to haul your sails up and and we have the exact same ones we have halyards and we have sheets um and and it's all a pattern and it everything pretty much it repeats by mast and it repeats by side most of the time it's symmetrical so once once you get a handle for what the sails need to do and what the pattern is it's really quite simple to understand it all and it's part of what makes it so fun is learning all the lines and the knots and everything you need to do to put the ship together. And then the history of this ship going back to the namesake as I said in the 1700s how much do you try to keep that history alive and educate everyone to be in the first American ship to go around Cape Horn the first American ship to land in Oregon the first American ship to circumnavigate Vancouver Island all the cool things that it got to do. Yeah, so uh, this year is a little different, and last year was a little different. We haven't had our education programming. Normally, we're very education-based and take uh, school kids out on field trips during the week, and um, we do a whole bunch of history stations. We teach them about the life of a sailor and navigation and and trade routes. Um, This year, we haven't been able to do that because of COVID, but we have the public out for uh, day sales on weekends, and we always include a little history talk about the Lady Washington during that time so that they can get the full experience and really appreciate what it is to be on a boat like this. I remember after um, Captain um, Johann Steinke and, and um, there was another captain, I, I just can't recall his name. I don't know if you were you were back with the Lady Washington back then, but he, he could throw a line uh, around one of the posts and and tie it, you know, from a distance. Uh, do you remember who I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know Johan. He was actually my first captain on the Lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so you knew Megan and Johan. Um, yeah, who, yeah, definitely. The, so, so Megan was the first one who who um, the first mate at the time, and they got married and um, mm-hmm. are now now living in in the East Coast. And um, you know what? What is your experience? You know, actually, the tiller on that boat is really long, and it takes a bit of maneuvering to get from the rudder from one side to the other. How do you handle that? What's what's your what's your approach? Well, it's uh, it's kind of nice having a tiller. You always know your rudder angle. So many people come on board and are shocked that we don't have a wheel, but um, the tiller works just fine and is authentic for the period and the size of vessel. Um, it has a takele system on it. So like I said before, we're made up of simple machines. So the tiller itself is a lever. And then we add a block and takele purchase on that as well. So we actually have a lot of mechanical advantage on that as big as the rudder is. And you can pretty easily just haul on the takele and move it from side to side. Um, I've been able to dock the boat in some pretty tight spaces with uh, just me on the helm. <laughs> There she is, Captain Catherine Pogue of the Lady Washington, owned by the Grays Harbor Historical Seaport. Captain, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, let's catch up soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, Karen, uh, what are you doing up there? You're going around the Puget Sound? 
Well, actually, I'm meeting with the Grace Harbor Historical Seaport, and we, we're working on a couple of projects. You remember Nick Nurse, right? Of course, yes, head coach <laughs> and, of the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so we finally were able to get him a, a, a piano that Thelonious Monk um, had played on 1942 to 52 in New York, and it was a long and kind of exciting, dramatic journey for that. And it just so happens that Grace Harbor Historical Seaport is partnering with us on a hands-preserving history project, and they're, they're, he's going to be restoring the piano through them. I believe it's tall shifts and pianos. You, you, can you see how those go, kind of go together with all the wood and the restoration? And so uh, Kendall Bean and Piano Finders are going to be restoring the piano but it's going to Grace Harbor. Very cool. And then when we catch up next week, I would like you to find me a harpsichord played by Franz Liszt. Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> you know, he was I, probably, it's possible. All right, we'll, anything, give, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> See you next week. Okay. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? 
We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 306 I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. Man, that Rick sure did know a lot about the Lady Washington. Yeah, I got one word for you, Wikipedia. By the way, the Lady Washington was also the first American vessel to reach Japan in an unsuccessful attempt to move some unsold pelts. It then sank in the Philippines in 1797. I just love the fact, here are all these luscious beaver, otter, chinchilla, whatever, pelts, taking some 6,000 miles across the Pacific Ocean, they get to Japan and they say, we're good. (laughs) Who? (laughs) That just goes to show you that it's either the extreme... uh, confidence in the Japanese people or there was maybe there was some sort of xenophobia or maybe they just didn't want to help out or maybe they just looked at them and like, nah, there's fleas, they're bristly, they're not as soft and we already got a lot of soft animals here. But I just love that. How did it sink? Did it face the Serapis? Uh, was it with Bonholm Richard and John Paul Jones and a battle off the coast of Boston? No, they couldn't move some beaver pelts, so they sank. Okay. We got another two hours, mostly open line, so come on back on Sports Plaza.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. American embassy staffers in Afghanistan accused the Biden administration of betrayal after they were advised to head to the airport, but instead suffered a brutal experience without protection. Now the Biden administration is being accused of smokescreening the Afghanistan evacuation debacle under the ruse of coronavirus leaks. Dr. Marty McCary on Fox News. Medical advice is sacred. It should not be used to distract from headlines. And if you look at what happened within hours of the viral video of the Afghan airport, the White House leaked to the New York Times and Washington Post that they were going to announce the next day boosters for all Americans, despite no evidence to support that it reduces severe illness and without any CDC or FDA guidance on it. The embassy memo was sent Saturday, a day before at least seven people including a young child, were crushed to death in Kabul's chaos. We are USA Radio News. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good, and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. If the Food and Drug Administration needs to make an announcement about people using animal medications to fight COVID-19, a lot of people are probably doing it. Dan Rocky from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau explains. The FDA is asking people not to use an animal deworming medication as treatment for COVID-19. The FDA tweeting that people should not use the drug ivermectin to treat COVID as the medication is used to treat and prevent parasites in animals like horses and livestock. The FDA says that besides not being proven to treat coronavirus, the drug can cause severe side effects in humans, including allergic reactions, seizures, and even death. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Disgraced Democrat and now former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo marked his final day in office Monday by handing out pardons. David Gilbert, a Weather Underground member, murdered Police Sergeant Edward O'Grady, Officer Waverly Brown, and Brinks Guard Peter Page. Gilbert's son and San Francisco District Attorney Chessa Bowden had lobbied Cuomo for his release. Cuomo also ordered the release of four other murderers. USA Radio News. Lights out, everybody. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. Pleasant dreams. greatest radio shows of all time, USA Classic Radio Theater. On these radio stations or on demand by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. On Monday, the Biden administration said all Americans can get out of Afghanistan if they want to. Former Kabul aid worker and Illinois Congress candidate Republican Esther Joy King tells Fox News 
By allowing the Taliban to be the first checkpoint for everyone trying to leave means Washington has no idea what's going on. Working on women's rights in Kabul, and I've still worked on women's rights helping female students, and I'm in active conversation um, with those girls. And then secondly, on the military side, I am a member of the, the Army Reserve, and seeing what's happening from a military strategy perspective, I will say, since I wrote the op-ed, the stories have simply intensified. I mean, talking with girls who are trying to get through the gates, they're 50 meters from the gates. Can you imagine being 50 meters from freedom and getting through to the airport? And the Taliban is having visa checkpoints. Get this, our United States Department of State is working with the Taliban to help process people because they're overwhelmed. So they're outsourcing visa checks to the Taliban. That's the state that it is on the ground, and it is it is absolutely a horrendous situation, and this lies squarely on the shoulders of the Biden administration and poor leadership. We are our leaders are missing in action right now, and that's why I'm running for Congress is because we need better leaders in Washington D.C. who are real world problem solvers and just operate with common sense. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY to get in. 1-800-878-7529. This is what we do. This is what you get. Yesterday, I actually got a nice little chuckle sitting in the second deck of the Coliseum. And I always over the years say, hey, man, a Monday against the Mariners, you'll never see. And I, you know, there it was. It was a Monday Mariners game. So plenty of room, plenty of room. And um, I actually tweeted out a picture with the fish-eyed lens holding a beer. And some people are like, why aren't you in the press box? And I'm like, well, I'm not in the press box because the press box is hermetically sealed. It's like these little, uh, you know, withdrawal teller stations at a bank. It's this big plastic thing. and And as it is... When you're at a game, you're just with your sort of colleagues. Not that I don't like saying hi to Casey Pratt or, you know, 
whomever is in there, Joe Fonzi, Marcus Thompson, whatever. You say, hi, how's it going? But yeah, I want to spread out and hang out with my friends and everything. But anyway, at the game, the uh, vendor, hot dog vendor came by and he had a deep voice going, oh, no, he was embracing it. He was having fun with it like I would too. But then he said, give me an A. And he made the A over his head. And everybody went, A. And he goes, what's that spell? And we're like, A. It was pretty good. I liked it anyway, but I'm easy to easily amused. I suppose, uh, as you will be for the rest of this hour. Coming up in a half hour, Terry Brennan, former Notre Dame head coach back in the black and white days. We'll have him on. He's 93 years old. Get it, girl. Also, uh, the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app, you can get that. We're on Twitch. It crashed earlier, but I restarted it. Twitch.tv, it's, you can watch me do a show in my reading glasses. Everyone's dream. Come true. Uh, also, CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network, Chantunia Cable Provider, 35 million homes. Homes on the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. We got open lines. Get on back. It's baseball season, and you're ready to go all out. So you ordered the essentials to make game day a success, like a jersey, a power recliner, and a bigger screen. And you used your Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Rewards that you put toward an essential piece of the celebration, an air horn. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2021, Bank of America Corporation. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800-399-3691. That's 800-399-3691. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar. 
with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key so handsome. He's a genius. Welcome back to the program. Nice to have you with us. And we have open lines. You may call up as you see fit to talk about sports. Rick, I have a scab and a searing abdominal cramp and my girlfriend left me. Not so much that stuff. 1-800-87-A-PLAY. All right. Well, one of the worst kept secrets. Uh, But apparently we're going to have an announcement any moment now. The 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 uh, reports are from many outlets that it says says Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, nights in white satin. All right, two different songs, but that the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are going to formally announce their alliance. Now realignment apparently has not been part of the discussion. Hmm. But it says here on CBS.com, a significant portion of the Alliance conversations have been based on ensuring that athletes' academic success remains integral to the sports college experience. Uh, So, (laughs) the, uh, an executive uh, who wanted to remain anonymous from one of the schools in the Alliance said, Some of the things we've been doing to ourselves, that just needs to stop. Some of this S, we're talking about expanding to 12 teams. For two teams that go all the way, that's 17 games. We're going to talk about these kids aren't professionals, and we don't pay them. I firmly believe in the academic value of what we're doing, but at a certain point, it looks like professionals. I firmly believe in the academic piece that we're providing. End quote. So I really don't know what the hell's going on here. Just uh, we, We've known for a fortnight now that these three conferences have been talking, uh, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, about scheduling, right? <clears throat> That's what we thought. So what kind of alliance are we talking about here? Apparently what this is going to be is it's going to be a non-aggression pact. Are we going to get Neville Chamberlain, who will wave the piece of paper, and what did he say, peace in our time? Meanwhile, Hitler was going into the Sudetenland. You want to know how spineless, you know, Neville Chamberlain was? Hitler goes into the Sudetenland, basically invades Czechoslovakia, and said, well, there's German citizens there, and that's kind of our land anyway. And he goes, okay, do you, do you promise not to invade anywhere else? You pro- okay, as long as you promise, then everything's cool. So they had to go ahead and get Churchill, half American. So this is going to be a non-aggressive pact. <clears throat> what does that mean? Well, listen, it, it, when you think about 
the two dominant factors right now in college football, one is a conference and one is a network. It's the SEC and ESPN, and they're in bed together. Uh, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, 50% of the revenue in the conference leaves. That's how much revenue those teams brought in, 25% each. So uh, there's a rumor that ESPN is really hoping that the Big 12 will just go away. Whoa. It'll just go away. Okay, State, B, uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, Iowa State. So how is it going to affect playoff expansion then? Because there has been a lot of pushback about slowing the timeline of going to 12 teams with Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. So the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, he was the guy that came up with the 12-team proposal. And he wants to push forward, and the other Power Five conferences want to press pause on this whole thing now. And the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in particular might be interested in opening up the CFF deal once the field is expanded. But in order to do that, the contract on ESPN needs to expire in 2026. All these contracts can get ripped up and rewritten, by the way, if they feel like it. They really could. But the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are also intent on keeping the inclusion of the Rose Bowl in its traditional form, regardless of any playoff expectations. They, They want the two champions to play each other in Pasadena on New Year's Day every year. But what about this scheduling agreement? You're going to play non-conference games against each other. Well, now that makes sense because instead of Cal playing San Jose State and Utah State and maybe San Diego State, I mean, Cal, their opening game is the fourth. It's a night game. I think I'm going to go to that game. It's against UNR. Instead of playing Nevada, maybe you would play Boston College. Maybe you would play... You know, uh, as I said, Oklahoma State. Well, that's Big 12. Maybe maybe you would play Michigan State. That makes more sense. That's much better for the fans. And, of course, you can't rack up those easy wins. But each one of those games would make way more money. Because UCLA playing um, Fresno State is not going to make as much money as UCLA playing Michigan. It's just... Obviously, no way ever. So there was one AD in the Power Five who wanted to rename anonymous on CBS Sports. He says that it'll take 10 years to unwind all these schedules. What does he mean? Well, Michigan is playing Oklahoma in 2026. Michigan is already on the schedule to play Texas in 2027, which means they're going to be adding SEC teams those years. Do the Wolverines want to add another Power Five game? and then play a Big Ten schedule. Now, what I think is going to happen here is you're not going to have full and complete removal of these Patsy games. You know, you're, you're not going to have Utah State not play Oregon because Oregon wants that game. It's just that you might get an extra game against Penn State instead of playing BYU something like that. Or instead of playing Boise State, maybe now you're going to play Ohio State. 
I could see something that way. But the, the considerable impact it's going to have on what it's going to look like as a field with, with the, the, the supporting uh, conservative model that we have today, the, the structure is going to have to crumble one way or another. And the AD at Michigan is named Ward Manuel. He says, I think it's a big portion from my perspective that's going to be cr- critical long-term to what we do. Now, this all comes at the same time that NIL comes in, name, image, likeness. And the new governance could come down as such as roster sizes, coaching staffs, eligibility issues, requirements with athletes making progress on a degree. Yeah, they could do that if they felt like it. How are your grades? You know, before that was left up to the schools. How are your grades? So uh, the other thing is the SEC will just make its own policies anyway. They don't care. But an alliance of the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, that's 60% of the Power Five, and they could have the same standards academically. But those 40 schools would not boycott the SEC They're just standing there for their own interests at this point. So from what I see from, you know, the way it looks right now, it's not going to be they're going to form one big conference. But what they're going to do is they're going to try to get some sort of standard where they can all sort of fall in line and do the same thing just so they can say we're all friends here. We're allies. You know, the United Kingdom and the United States are not one country, but we're friends. Yeah. It looks to me like they're kind of going to get the NATO of, uh, does NATO even work anymore? A UN of uh, college football with those 40 teams. Let's take a break and come on back on Sports Pilot. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. 800-449-1759. Again, that's 800-449-1759. 1759. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. 
As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. I'm sorry, it's the... It's the pleats. It's, a, it's actually an optical illusion. It's the pattern on the pants. The, it's not fl- flattering in the, the crotchal region. I'm actually taking them back right now, taking them back to the, the pants store. Tittle is a majestic stallion. All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. A majestic stallion? I don't know about that. 1-800-878-PLAY. Get it in and get it heard one way or another. 1-800-878-PLAY. Now, getting back to uh, college football here for a second. Uh, Reports are, uh, speaking of the uh, SEC... LSU announced today that anyone attending Death Valley, or as it's called, Tiger Stadium, who's 12 years or older must provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 PCR test taken within 72 hours. They are the first school in the SEC to announce this. And uh, they say because of the Delta variant, highly transmissible and the policy will be in effect for the home opener September 11th against McNeese State. The fact that LSU, do you know why McNeese State is playing LSU? Because they're going to have big, fat check, probably close to a million dollars. And that is going to fund that athletic department, the diving team, the lacrosse team, the women's soccer team. And those guys are going to come back to McNeese State after going to Baton Rouge, and they're going to have imprints of cleats on their chest, and they're going to have imprints of knuckles on their jaw, 
And that school will say, thank you for literally taking one for the team. And um, all the best as you get over your concussions there. But that's a big deal, especially down in Dixie. Because there are some people that believe this whole thing is a hoax. And not just south of the border. Wait, south of what border? Not just in the south, but also... um, you know, all around the country, but you know, predominantly down there. Um, <clears throat> so uh, 12 or younger don't have to show proof of a negative test. But if you're between 5 and 11, you must wear masks. Now, this is what I said about down in Dixie. It's a surprise because 50% of adults have been vaccinated. That's one of the lowest in America. LSU President William A. F. Tate the Fourth. Yeah, you're not going to be working at uh, Carl's Jr. with that name. As the flagship institution of the state of Louisiana, our foremost responsibility. Meanwhile, Tulane and L.A. Tech are gone. Thanks. Our foremost responsibility is to ensure the safety of our students, our supporters, and our community. While we are aware of the diverse perspectives across this nation regarding masks and vaccinations, we must take all responsible measures to protect our campus and community, not only on game days, but long after guests have left Tiger Stadium. The current threat to our lives, our health, and to our medical systems due to COVID-19 is overburdening our hospitals, and we must do our part to stop the spread. End quote. And so if you've only had one shot of Pfizer or Moderna, you still need to have the negative test. The AD there, Scott Woodward, said, quote, we have the best fans in college football, and we are doing everything we can to ensure their experience in Tiger Stadium this fall is safe and enjoyable. When our fans arrive on Saturdays to cheer on the Tigers, they will have that confidence that we will have taken measures to mitigate their health risks. Our football team has reached 99.1% vaccination, and we are incredibly proud of them for doing their part to protect their team and their community. We are confident our fans will do the same, and I encourage all Tiger fans to receive vaccinations today. Very interesting. But just getting back to the whole topic, one of the most hallowed traditions of college football is summer football a gluttonous fest upon its conclusion because you have your little spring game, right? Well, it's not exactly a spring game. You have your <laughs> you have your uh, blue, white, blue, yellow, red, blue, whatever your colors are game. And um, the pandemic has disrupted a lot of uh, things uh, for sure. Um, there's a story at Northwestern. What they do is they go to a place called Portillo's. It's a local hot dog restaurant there uh, outside of campus. And what they do is after their last uh, summer camp game, they get uh, double cheeseburger fries, chili dog, and a chocolate malt. That is the tradition. And so they said, uh, I was reading an article saying they're going to do it, but they're going to do it in their cars. (laughs) And uh, I get it. There's going to be a lot of ambiguity that hangs over college football. You know, a pandemic canceled a season and then uncanceled the season. 
we missed over 115 games last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, as they said, there have been, uh, the, as the Delta has been spreading, some of these uh, programs have been requiring vaccinations. You know, I mentioned LSU, but before LSU, Tulane, Oregon, Oregon State have all done it. And if you go to Autzen Stadium in Eugene, you have to show proof of vaccination. And how are the coaches responding? And the the answers are varied, as you might guess. Vaccination rates vary by program. And so there's always that caution and fluidity fluidity surrounding any of those off-field rules for the teams as well, because some schools are essentially put themselves in a bubble and said, don't go to a party, don't do anything, just stay home. Um, I saw a quote uh, from uh, University of Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners, the head coach there, Jeff Trailer. He said, we are 99% vaccinated and I'm still nervous. But that's just it. Living on campus, living off campus, where are you going, what are you going to get? And I go back to Pat's, uh, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. He said, I've told my players, quote, be smart, be safe, and be careful. And you have to take it day by day. Be flexible. Be patient. Try and keep your circle as tight as you can. Ryan Day at Ohio State. He said, it's hard, man. I always say this. You only have so many bullets as a coach. And if you're shooting your bullets saying they can't go out to eat with their family and then you try to tell them not to do this, do that, before you know it, they stop listening to you. That was so hard about last year. You got to say bullets because you only get so many of them. <clears throat> Auburn's head coach, Brian Harson, he uh, has been maybe the sport's most public ver- uh, reverberation when he announced that he had COVID-19. The head coach has COVID-19? Yeah, the head coach has COVID-19. So, as I said, when when he tested uh, positive, that was on uh, Friday, he said, I'm isolating at home, I have no symptoms, as we try to, you know, navigate the whole deal, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's going to happen. But, um, and I'm thinking about, you know, hopefully Army-Navy happens uh, in New York this year, we'll see. A lot of businesses, a lot of schools have already just said, look, 2022, we'll try to get. I heard Anthony Fauci today on the radio saying maybe by spring 2022, it just never ends. It never ends because we can't agree on anything as a, as a species. We just can't. Hey, we can fix it. Nah, I don't want to fix it. You can take some medicine. Nah, I don't want it. Okay, we'll just, we'll have it forever then. That sounds good. But, I mean, think about what Arizona State went 2-2 two and two last year. They only played four games. Um, in the MAC, Miami and Ohio only played three games. Three games. So, <laughs> they're trying to listen to the CDC. They're trying to listen to, their, to the university. They're trying to listen to their, their leaders. But you don't want to listen to politicians when it comes to this. Just listen to doctors. Because politicians hide their tails away. They only started the war. But for college teams that are heavily vaccinated, the risk of losing games is going to be much less than the teams that don't. That's pretty easy to figure out. 
In fact, if you're vaccinated, you don't even have to get tested unless somebody's positive and you had contact with them. Then you have to get it. And if you're unvaccinated, you have to be quarantined according to local guidelines. And that's already happened with guys like Cole Beasley because he's unvaccinated now. He has to stay away from the bills for 10 days. If he was vaccinated, all he would have to show tomorrow is two straight within 24 hour negative tests. So in other words, um, he could have come back in a full day with two negative tests, 24 hours apart on that second day. But because he's unvaccinated, he has to stay at home for 10 days and then come back with that 11th day, seventh day Adventist, that 11th day with two negative tests. So it's a big mess. It continues to be a big mess. When we come back, we'll talk a little Notre Dame football with the iconic Terry Brennan. friend told me about Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and his exact words were, it changed my life. I used to spend a ridiculous amount of time trying to remove tomato sauce from inside our microwave and soap scum off the bathtub. It's like seriously magic and my secret weapon for cleaning the kitchen, bathroom, doors and walls and even keeping my sneakers clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Greatest invention ever. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the unicorn of cleaning. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 The pandemic's reminded us we live in a sea of airborne germs that can assault us with every breath. Your nose is the body's first line of defense by helping filter out allergens, bacteria, and viruses before they reach your lungs. But like any air filter, the more clogged up it gets, the less it works. So how do you clean your nose? I'm Martin Hoke, and I didn't invent nasal irrigation. The neti pot's been around thousands of years. But I did invent Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. Navage uses powered suction to flush out mucus and germs that cause congestion, or worse, can make you sick. Over 2 million people use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage has over 70,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars because it works and it's easy to use. Go to Navage.com or find Navage at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Now available with eucalyptus for a spa-like experience. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. 
It's baseball season, and you're ready to go all out. So you ordered the essentials to make game day a success, like a jersey, a power recliner, and a bigger screen. And you used your Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Rewards that you put toward an essential piece of the celebration, an air horn. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2021, Bank of America Corporation. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy. All right. Uh, thank you for that, I think. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. There's a uh, new book coming out from Loyola Press called Through the Odds, Though the Odds, excuse me, Though the Odds Be Great or Small, Notre Dame's 1957 comeback season and the year that changed college football. And um, that was uh, coached by Terry Brennan, who is now 93 years old. Um, he wrote the book uh, with uh, William Meaners. And, uh, but joining us is uh, Terry's son to join us to talk about it, also named Terry Brennan. And uh, Terry, welcome to the show. When your dad took over as head coach at Notre Dame, he was 25 years old. How did, how did something like that happen? Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, you know, <clears throat> he had a long history with the school. He was a star player for four years in the late 40s. Uh, started both ways four years in a row on two national championship teams. He had uh, Father Hesburgh, who became the president a couple years before. He'd had him in class, and so uh, he had made an impression on him somewhere along the line. And uh, Father Hesburgh personally recruited him to come on board as an assistant coach the year before. You know, when I think about those teams with Doc Blanchard, Mr. Inside, and Glenn Davis, Mr. Outside, both winning mm-hmm. the Heisman uh, at uh, Army, and then you think about, uh, no, I mean, those days, the glory of, of playing halfback uh, like that, I mean, that was really the star position, wasn't it? Uh, that and quarterback. I think uh, Blanchard and Davis won the Heisman, I think, in 45 and 46 consecutively. Yep. And, and, uh, Johnny Lujak, who wrote the forward to the book, actually won the Heisman the next year in 47. Uh, and they, all of those guys played each other. Uh, my dad, uh, Johnny Lujak, Blanchard, and Davis, in a couple of very famous games, obviously. No doubt about it. All right, so um, your dad takes over, and uh, the 1957 squad, which the book, Though the Odds Be Great or Small, they got the nickname the Comeback Comets. Why was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their games that year, the uh, hangers, and they did come back late in the games. Uh, and I think that's really the, the origin of the name. 
they shut out Oklahoma seven to nothing, a baseball score. But that was uh, an incredible <laughs> victory because Oklahoma had a forty-seven game winning streak at the time. I think it, what was that like? Well, it, it's still the record today. Uh, and it was at Oklahoma, which makes it even more unusual. And I don't think Oklahoma had been shut out in uh, probably more games than forty-seven, perhaps. But they, um, uh, it was a, an interesting. An interesting day when you talk to my father about it, which we did obviously with, with the book that was written. He came up with an eight-man front defense that basically stopped Oklahoma's running game and forced him to throw the ball, which they weren't used to doing. And when your dad was the head coach, was there a movement at Notre Dame that they were football was just too big and they wanted to concentrate in athletics, so they like stripped him of half his scholarships or something? Yeah, what they <clears throat> excuse me, what what Father Hesburgh was trying to do, which I think was the right thing, was bring Notre Dame into more of a uh, an educational emphasis and, and an elite status, which he actually accomplished. Uh, the problem was, he, I think he thought that de-emphasizing football was going to help him get there, which I think he found out after a few years wasn't the case. And uh, yeah, he 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 knocked the scholarships down, but more importantly, it was a unilateral disarmament. Uh, Notre Dame had uh, 80, I don't know, 84 scholarships, I believe, which today would be just fine. But back then, uh, their opponents and basically the whole Division One of NCAA football had no restrictions on scholarships. So uh, a team like Michigan State that they played regularly had over 100 people on scholarship. Um, Army and Navy, of course, everybody's on scholarship. And, uh, and on it went. So you were basically uh, disarming yourself and still playing a very, very difficult schedule as he did during those five years. You know, when I think about, you said Father Hesburgh, I was in college in the 80s. I believe he was still there. Wasn't he there for like 40 years or something? Yeah, I think you might be right. He, when, he, when he became president, he was 35, and my dad was head coach at 25. They were both very young guys for the positions they were in at the time. So uh, Father Hesburgh could very well have been around that long just because he started so early. Your dad comes in at 25, and he had uh, the golden boy, Paul Horning mm-hmm. and uh, Heisman Trophy, and um, I know that uh, the they didn't get the results they wanted, but he still was able to get the Heisman. And a lot of the fans were like, "You got to get this coach out of here." How was he able to survive all that? Was it kind of Horning stardom? You know, I think there was a there was a lot of talk after the '56 season about that. You know, '57 being his last year, and I think what happened was their performance in 1957. Uh, indicated that uh, he actually did know what he was doing, and uh, <laughs> it was pretty hard to uh, to turn around and, and and fire him at that point. And in '58, he, they came in that they finished in the top 20, and they still fired him. So there was a there was a lot going on behind the scenes with uh, Joyce and alumni, uh, and they were enamored with Joe Koharek, who's the guy they did bring in. Uh, and of course, Joe Koharek never had a winning record the time he was there. Couple more questions for Terry Brennan about his father, his namesake. The book is called "Though the Odds Be Great or Small." Um, I can only imagine you come in as a head coach at 25, and even though he was uh, a bit iconic as a star player himself, it was just a few years before. Did he have any pushback from the players saying, "You know, what do you know? You're about our age"? <laughs> uh, no, he didn't. He had a little pushback when he first took over at Mount Carmel High School in Chicago because he was only 20 years old at the time. But uh, when he took over at Notre Dame, he'd been the freshman coach for a year, so he obviously knew the incoming sophomore class pretty well. 
and I think his reputation preceded him. His his Mount Carmel teams in Chicago were are still considered the best. The 1950 squads considered the best high school uh, football team in Illinois history. Uh, so he 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 was pretty sharp. He knew what he was doing, and he had a lot of offers before Notre Dame. Uh, the Chicago Cardinals at the time were interested in him. The Canadian League was interested in him. He'd uh, he'd made a pretty good name for himself doing some things in high school football in Chicago, which at the time was a very big deal. Speaking of high school football. Growing up in Milwaukee, going to Marquette High, and uh, what was that like when he was getting recruited in high school? Um, I don't. Well, when he was, it was kind of interesting. You're talking about my father going. Yeah. Um, he got there in a very indirect way. My uncle Jim, his older brother, was uh, had gotten there through the Navy. It was, it was a pretty unusual time back then. They got World War II underway. Anybody that's eighteen is getting drafted, and. Uh, Jim went down to the uh, Great Lakes Naval Training Facility, and then they, he was transferred to Notre Dame, which had a Navy training wing. And if they hadn't had that wing, they would have been out of business because obviously an all-boys college would have had their entire student body drafted into the armed forces during World War II. And your last three, uh, he was able to play the last three games of his freshman year, made a very good impression, and then unfortunately was drafted into the Navy shortly thereafter. And uh, he put in a good word for my dad, and uh, Notre Dame offered him a scholarship, and that's how he ended up there. Very cool. Now, you were talking earlier about some of the restraints. When Mm -hmm. Frank Leahy kind of had carte blanche to to do what he did, is that why your dad's hands were kind of tied when it came to recruiting when he took over? Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, I know know that Hesburgh and Leahy did not get along, and uh, one of... One of the things that I think Hesburgh was charged with, uh, with the prior president, was to basically bring football under control. And I think um, the the recruiting wasn't so much restricted as the scholarships. And then the other thing was that they they were the only team in other than the Ivy League that couldn't redshirt and didn't accept transfers. So they they really hamstrung the program, I think, to show that they had faculty control over the program that they might not have enjoyed as much with Leahy. Uh, but it, it backfired in, in the sense of uh, the alums at the end of the day like the idea that the school is getting to be a better school, but that I don't think they like the losing program that, uh, that that occurred after my father was fired. You know, and I think about how big college football was at the time. My dad went to Santa Clara, and at that time they won the Orange Bowl, and, and I played for St. Mary's, and there's a trophy of the Sugar Bowl there on campus. Uh, it was mm. such a huge huge deal. We look at the service academies now and it's mostly like, hey, that's cute. Thanks for your service. But I mean, these were the uh, army was where it was at. Can can we even grasp how big it was for Notre Dame to play army in the 50s nowadays? Oh, yeah. Well, it was it was really in the 40s that it occurred and they had a hiatus after that because it was such a tough ticket to get. They played they usually played it at Yankee Stadium or another neutral site. Um but yeah, it was it was huge. Uh, they were often ranked one and two when they played each other. Uh, it's it's actually where the the phrase "subway, subway alumni" comes from. His army and Notre Dame go way back into the twenties, and uh, people would take the subway to the game and they would cheer for Notre Dame even though they didn't go there. You know, Bill Romanowski, who's my age, I'm in my mid fifties, he talked about growing up in the the Boston area, but he was on a recruiting trip to Notre Dame and they showed him this four horsemen of the apocalypse, this, this film. And, and he said he was ready to play and, and, and die for Notre Dame. 
after that film. He ended up staying at BC so his parents could watch him play. But do you think nowadays, if you're 17 years old and you go on a recruiting trip to all these warm weather places and then you go to South Bend during a snowstorm, does Notre Dame still have that same cachet? You know, I think it does, but obviously the competition's a lot uh, more difficult than it was back then. I think people are, are willing to go long distances to school now that maybe in the olden days they might not have wanted to do. You know, Boston to South Bend in, in the 50s would have been a big trip for a college student. Today they're being recruited by UCLA, USC, Alabama, Texas. Um, I think it still has a cachet, but they're, uh, the competition is, is right there. They're, they're not the, the, uh, the be-all and end-all they might have been in the 40s, for instance. Last question for you, because you thought you heard all the stories, but when you sat down and you read this book, what was one that you thought, I never knew that? Um, there, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty familiar with what, what he did in his career, and, and I've read a lot about him, so there, there wasn't anything really unusual that I noticed. Uh, other people might, because uh, that's the hope that in reading the book they will find out some more interesting things. The book is called Though the Odds Be Great or Small, Notre Dame's 1957 Comeback Season in the Year. That changed college football. If you're a Notre Dame fan, it's a must-have. And if you're a football fan in general, available from Loyola Press. We've been speaking uh, with Terry Brennan, the son of Terry Brennan. Terry, thanks for your time. Congratulations on the book. You bet. Thanks again. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Byline. struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-403-5912. 800 800-403-5912. That's 800-403-5912. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health 
health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts, and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free, guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. When do broadcasters go too far? Where does hilarity stop and vulgarity begin? Rick Tittle to bring it because it already done got brought. It done got brought, and um, yeah, it's still it, it's still hard to believe that you know college football was king in those days. Even though we had an NFL, my dad said when he was a kid for Christmas in like nineteen forty two, was forty one or forty two, he got a St. Mary's Letterman's jacket for a kid. And it was red with the blue, like, faux leather sleeves. He said he slept in it. He was so excited. Now, he ended up going to uh, Santa Clara. But uh, it's funny. His roommate, when he was at Santa Clara, was a guy from Youngstown, Ohio, who was the best quarterback in Ohio as a high school player. And he went to Santa Clara on a full ride, and he never played. Because what they wanted to do is they wanted to recruit everybody to make sure the other schools wouldn't get them. It was a real battle back then, I'll tell you that. But I remember when I made the team in college, my uncle, um, he just couldn't believe it. He was like, I'm I'm so proud of you. You're on the team. You're number 12. You're in the team picture. Oh, he just was over the moon and... and uh, I said, why is my dad, why is Uncle Gary like acting like I just won the Super Bowl? And he said, because you got to understand, in our day, to be on the St. Mary's team was like playing for the Raiders. <laughs> he said, it's not like now. It's not, it's not like now at all. But uh, so I go, okay, I, I guess I get it. I guess I get it a little bit then. But uh, yeah, it's just it a different time. 
And by the way, at Santa Clara, when I was at those camps and I'd look at that old Orange Bowl trophy, I remember it had dead flies in it. I know. That's my impression of the Orange Bowl trophy. All right. Another three hours in the books. We'll do it again tomorrow at 9 a.m. Coming up next is more sports talk. We don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.